please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. How are you feeling today, my friends? Feeling good? Feeling strong? You're doing what you're supposed to be doing? You're doing your exercises? Taking your medication? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that, right? How's your week been? Do anything interesting? I tell you what, I did. I got invited to a party. It was a party, believe it or not, for somebody's sobriety. And at first I thought, well, you know, maybe they're celebrating a year's sobriety or something like that. And, you know, I guess that's something to celebrate. Nope, 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 nope. They were making a big thing. A big thing because this guy, he, he's he been sober now for 16 weeks. <laughs> I was like, what are you kidding me? You, you're making a big thing out of 16 weeks? Oh, my goodness. And this, unfortunately, is a relative of mine. He's been sober for 16 weeks, and they've, they made a party out of this. He got, I don't know whether he got a, a badge or a coin or whatever it was, a sticker, a, a star, a smiley face, whatever he got from AA for 16 weeks. He's been sober for 16 weeks. And everyone's patting him on the back. What a good job you're doing. Oh, it's so fantastic. You're sober for 16 weeks. I'm looking at him going, what's so special about this? Why am I even here? There's nothing special. You're patting him on the back for doing what he is supposed to be doing. I could never understand this. That's like when I was a kid. I couldn't understand how my friends, my friends, they used to come home with a report card and they'd get a couple of B's, maybe a C, but they didn't fail anything. And they'd come out and they'd have five bucks, their dad or their mom or whatever. They'd give them five bucks for not failing anything on a report card. I'd come home with my report card. And this is in grammar school. Definitely wasn't in high school. But I'd come home with my report card and I'd have A's and B's. And my parents would be like, well, it's a good job. You did a good job. And I'm sitting there like, <coughs> you know, like when my hands out there and it's itchy. And never once no one ever gave me money for passing my out because that's what you were supposed to do no one ever paid me to pass my pass my my report card grades to, to get passing grades that's what was expected of me now if i got failing grades boy i my my dad had a big belt and i could i could plan on not going out for the rest of the marking period until the next marking period because I'd have to stay in and study. But nobody was paying me to do the right thing. I used to get upset about that. And I remember my father saying to me, why should I pay you to do what you're supposed to do? He says, if you come home with a report card that's all A's, then we'll think about it. He says, but you're supposed to do the best you can do. 
and you're doing the best you can do. Why should you get paid for doing? That's what you're expected to do when you go into school. And I didn't understand that when I was a kid. I understand it now as an adult. And I don't understand this with this Alcoholics Anonymous, that they go there and they're sober for, you know, they make a big thing out of this. Oh, you've been sober for three for three days. Yay! And everybody claps. You're supposed to be sober. And don't give me this nonsense. Oh, it's a sickness. It's a, it's an illness. It's this. It's that. It's not. But when I went to this thing, and they had this big cake, big cake, and everyone's serving coffee and soda and sparkling water, naturally. There was no beer or wine, and that's fine. I can understand that. But you're serving a cake because this guy was sober for 16 weeks. Well, I wonder what they do if he uses the bathroom without hitting the floor. <laughs> or if he eats with a fork instead of his hands. Do they celebrate that too? This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. This is this is nonsense. You're supposed to be sober. You're not supposed to be a drunk or a lush or anything like that. You're supposed to be a be able to function. That makes me that makes me ill, actually, because what happens? What happens after a while? He's going to be sober for 32 weeks. Uh, what are they going to give him? Two badges or two coins or two smiley faces, whatever they give them. And what happens when it's 64 weeks? Do they keep on doing this? Or do you get to a point finally where they've ha- they got enough smiley faces on their page or enough gold stars? And does that make them go back to drinking because they're not getting their gold stars anymore? You know, you're talking about adults here. You're not talking about kids. You're not talking about children. You're not talking about infants or toddlers. You're talking about adults. And adults should be able to do the right thing without being rewarded. You're not talking about lab rats here, that you're giving them a piece of cheese to go through a a maze. This is nonsense. I, I don't agree with it at all. You have to give someone a reward to do the right thing? What about the rest of society that does the right thing day in and day out? What's their reward? But I just wanted to share that with you. That just irks me. That irks me to no end. But I do want to talk. I'll talk more about this later on at the, towards the end of the podcast. But I just had to cast that along. My, my, uh, my big social event of this week was going to a... A sobriety party, I guess you'd call it. Anyhow, moving right along here, uh, we do have a good one for you today. I have an update from the Department of Social Security, and I do have a report, a short report, that I want to share with you. It, it It's about something that affects all of us that are, that are disabled. You know, when we become disabled, we become more sedentary, and one of the side effects of being sedentary is that we gain some weight. Usually we gain it in our belly. We, we gain this excess belly fat. But that excess belly fat is common in people who, are, who have a high heart problem risk. So I have a little bit of a, a report there I want to share with you on that and a couple other things. But let's get started here. I want to start with the report from Social Security. It says, uh, our lifetime commitment to you and yours. Social Security is here with information, tools, and benefits to help you secure today and tomorrow. Our journey together begins when you are born and get your Social Security card. It continues when you get your first job and follows you through to your your entire career, marriage, and retirement. Our commitment is to be with you throughout 
life's journey. Our promise extends to surviving family members when a worker dies. Some of the Social Security taxes you pay go towards survivor benefits for your family. In the event of your death, certain members of your family may be eligible for survivor's benefits. These include widows and widowers, divorced widows and widowers, children and dependent parents. The amount of benefits your survivors receive depends on your lifetime earnings. The higher your earnings are, the higher their benefits will be. The value of your survivor's benefits may be more than the value of your individual life insurance. By making sure your earnings are posting correctly, you are passing down protections to your survivors, just as your parents did before you. You can do this by creating a personal My Social Security account. Your My Social Security account is secure and gives you immediate access to your earnings records, Social Security benefit estimates, and private Social Security statements. Visiting our Benefits Planner for Survivors to help you better understand your and your family's Social Security protections as you plan your financial future. Checking your Social Security statement to see an estimate of survivor's benefits we could pay your family. It also shows an estimate of your retirement and disability benefit and provides other important information. For more information, please visit our website, www.ssa.gov, or read our publication, Survivor's Benefits. You can also help us spread the word by sharing this information with your families and friends. Well, it's good to know. It's Good to sh- it's good to share that with your families and friends so that they do know about these things. God forbid. I mean, you should keep the, that information with your other important papers that you'd want your family and friends to have at the end. If you know, I have my information with, with my will. I had a will drawn up. And wills aren't that expensive. And, you know, that's something else you should consider doing. You don't have to have a lot of money or property or anything else to have a will drawn up. Believe me, I don't have a lot of anything, but I did have a will drawn up. This way, there's no questions or anything like that towards the end, at the end. Everything is left to my wife, everything that I have, but you should have a will drawn up. It's... It's, like I said, it's not expensive. I had my will drawn up. I think it cost me $200 to have it done, and it's worth every penny of it. It, it just for the peace of mind aspect. And I have all those papers filed in a separate area in the house here. And my wife knows exactly where they are. And I know exactly where they are. I had it done myself and my wife. I think for the two of us, it came out to $200 for the two of us to do it. And it's something that's very important. The same thing with, uh, I have, my wife has a medical power of attorney. She's also my medical proxy and I'm hers. And all that it's all that it's done, and it's in a file in my file cabinet here. And God forbid something ever comes up, we're covered. And that's something that you should look into. This this here with Social Security, because I used to think Social Security big deal. There's a whopping two hundred and fifty five dollars at the end, you know, to put towards burial. And not that it's a lot of help, but it is because there's other things. Like it says, there's widow there's widow benefits for my wife and children's you know, children's benefits. So it's just something to plan. When you're making your plans, and you should have plans, you should. I mean, it's not something that should be left for someone else to do for you. You should make your own plans. Trust me. All right. Let's see. Let's move on here. 
This next study comes from uh, Medical News Today. It's about excess belly fat. It says excess waist fat is common in many people with a high risk of heart disease and stroke, according to a recent European study. The study called Eurospire 5 is a survey of cardiovascular disease prevention and diabetes. It forms part of the European Society of Cardiology Research Program. The findings featured recently in the World Congress of Cardiology and Cardiovascular Health in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. They revealed that nearly two-thirds of individuals at high risk for cardiovascular disease had excess abdominal fat. The results showed that only 47% of those taking drugs to reduce high blood pressure were achieving a target of under 140 over 90 or 140 over 85 for those who reported having diabetes. Among individuals using lipid-lowering medication, only 43% reached the LDL cholesterol target of 2.5. Many who were not in receipt of treatment for high blood pressure and high LDL cholesterol had those conditions. And only 65% of the individuals receiving treatment for type 2 diabetes had attained the target blood sugar of under 7.0 on an HbA1c test. The survey shows that large proportions of individuals at high risk for cardiovascular disease have unhealthy lifestyle habits and uncontrolled blood pressure lipids, and diabetes. The recent study focuses on apparently healthy individuals in primary care at high risk of developing cardiovascular disease, including those with diabetes. Altogether, 78 primary care practices from 16 mainly European countries took part in the research, which took place during 2017 to 2018. They recruited individuals who were under the age of 80 years, had no history of coronary artery disease, or any condition close to that. However, assessments had shown that they were at high risk of developing cardiovascular disease due to one or more of the following, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or diabetes. The researchers used medical records to identify those eligible for the study and invited them in for an interview and clinical exam. The interviews at, interviewers asked questions about diet, exercise, smoking, and other lifestyle factors. The analysis included a total of 2,759 people. Of these, 64% had central obesity, which is a measure of excessive abdominal fat. 37% were in the overweight category for body mass index. 25.0 to 29.9 kilograms per square meter, 18% were current smokers, and 36% were achieving the typical guideline physical activity level of at least 30 minutes, five days a week. The researchers defined central obesity as having a waist size of at least 88 centimeters or 34.7 inches for women and at least 102 centimeters or 40.2 inches for men. General practitioners need to be more proactive. Professor Kotsiva urges primary care practitioners to be more proactive about looking for cardiovascular risk factors. They need to probe beyond the risk factors that they already aware of and always investigate, such as smoking, obesity, unhealthy diet, 
physical inactivity, blood pressure, cholesterol, and diabetes, she argues. Individuals often don't realize that they should be receiving treatment. They may visit their doctor for diabetes care and not know that they also have high blood pressure. In our study, many participants with high blood pressure and cholesterol were not being treated, notes the professor. She suggested that the findings highlight a need for more investment in policies that focus on prevention. The recent news follows that of earlier research that featured at the European Society of Cardiology Congress in April 2018 in Slovenia. In that study, researchers from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester concluded that excess belly fat is bad for the heart even in individuals whose BMI, body mass index, is in the normal range. They advise doctors not to assume that having a normal BMI means that there is no heart-related issue in an otherwise healthy individual. A BMI in the, in the normal range does not necessarily indicate normal fat distribution. It is important to measure central body obesity as well to get a better picture of the heart risk. These data make it clear that more efforts must be made to improve cardiovascular prevention in people at high risk of cardiovascular disease. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, this is something that we have to keep in mind. Remember, this is our health. Next time you go to the doctor, if you haven't had an A1C test done, a, a diabetes test done, if you haven't done, if you haven't ever have it, had it done, have it done. Ask them. If they ask you why, tell them, look, you know, I'm disabled. I'm not as active as I used to be. I want to nip it in the butt if it is there. I want to catch it if it is there and let them do it. it this is your health. Have them check your, your lipids. Have them check your, you know, for LDL. Check your blood pressure. This is, you have to be proactive. This is your health. And maybe, just maybe, if the doctor sees that you're being this proactive with your health, they'll be just as proactive. It's just something. It's yours, though. It's your health, and it's your responsibility. The doctor is your tool, so use your tool as it should be used. All right, we're going to take a bit of a break here, and I'll catch up with you on the other side. Okay, we'll be back in 30 seconds. A shake of a lamb's tail, as they say. I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. FamousApple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute. Go over. Visit www.FamousApple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. I see. Did you miss me? I know you did, so don't lie. I missed you. Anyhow. Anyhow. Hey, look, I want to talk about something. We talked about this last year, and it came up again in a couple of letters that I received on the website, and I just want to touch on this. You know, we're disabled, and we're on medication, and I'd say 99.9% .9 of us cannot drink alcohol because of the medication that we're on or because we're diabetic or because of both. And a couple of people have written and 
in two cases, they asked me not to mention their names or where they're from because they don't want people to know it's them. So I'm not going to mention it at all. I'm just mentioning the topic here. But they say that they feel terrible. They're, they're very depressed. They can't go to the party because they can't drink. They can't have fun. My God, is that the only way you know how to have fun? You know, if you have to drink to have fun, you have a problem. <laughs> I haven't been able to drink for years. I mean for years. Like since I'm 25, 30, that many years ago. And, you know, in the beginning, I guess I felt the same way as you're doing. But <laughs> you know what? I can have fun. I can have more fun now that I don't drink because... <laughs> You can bet your bottom dollar that what I'm saying, I mean to say. You know, it, it used to be I, I'd blame the booze and say, oh, I, I didn't mean to say it. But I'm having a good time. I have a good time not being drunk. I enjoy myself even more. And, oh, I can't, the, the people with the diabetes, oh, I'm not going to go to the Christmas parties because I can't eat the food that's there. So what? You know, there's more to a Christmas party or a New Year's Eve party or a holiday get-together or, you know, Hanukkah dinner or whatever, whatever, Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever holiday you celebrate at this point, this time of the year. There's more to it than just food and drinking alcohol. The reason you're getting together is because of the people that are around you. And if you can't have fun without some kind of stimulant in you, then I feel bad for you. I know you can have fun. You got to go out and enjoy yourself. You got to be able to laugh. You know, that's part of the problem. People are afraid to laugh. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand. The people take themselves too seriously. Don't be so serious. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy life. Laugh at it. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Does that make sense? I mean, I learned the, I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. I took, I used to take everything seriously. And you know what? I don't care anymore. Now I'm living for the, I'm living to live. If you start worrying about all the things that are wrong with you on a daily basis, you might as well just lay down in a hole and start pulling the dirt over you. Try to put out of your mind what's wrong with you. Try to put it out of your mind and just enjoy yourself. Enjoy the people that you're with. All right, so there's, there's cookies on the table and you're diabetic. You can't eat the whole tray of cookies. So what? So what? I'm sure there's something on the table that's that's not bursting with sugar that you can eat. And, oh, there's beer over here. I'm sure there's bottled water on the table. I'm sure there's coffee. I'm sure there's tea. Do you have to drink alcohol? Do you have to get pickled in order to enjoy the people you're with? No. Just enjoy the people you're with. Don't be like the, Don't be like my... Uh, my oh, I'm not going to say which relative it is. But you know what? I'm going to tell you this. My brother. My brother is a functioning alcoholic. He can go to work every day. He never misses his day. But when he comes home, he has to sit down and he drinks until he gets drunk. And he tells you, oh, I just love my beer and I love my Jack Daniels and I love my Captain Morgan. I've never seen anyone like it. He goes to work. He breaks his ass. He's a hard worker. But he comes home. Whatever time he gets home, if he gets home at 5 o'clock, he goes in, he takes a shower, gets changed, comes out, and he's pouring himself shots. And by quarter to 6, he's already blasted. If you talk to him at 6 o'clock, his words are slurred. 
If you talk to him at 6.30, he doesn't even know what planet he's on. And he goes to bed at 9, and he gets up to go to work the next day, and that's how he lives. I don't understand how he lives. He says he enjoys himself. I don't know how he does. I don't know how he gets up every morning. But that to me, that's not enjoying myself. I want to I wanna have my faculties. I want to be able to know that I spoke to you last night, and we laughed. We laughed about things that we used to do when we were kids, and we laughed about what the guy over in the corner was saying about what he used to do. It's it. I found over the years that it's more fun to have my senses about me than to be numbed out, than to be twisted, than to be blitzed, than to be drunk. And try it. You'll like it. I'm telling you. It, it might take you... A couple of minutes to get used to it, but you'll see that you kind of enjoy it and you'll enjoy people more. Don't let outside stimulants and stuff like that get in your way. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the parties. Enjoy the people this time of year. This is the time. This is the time of year for family and friends. Enjoy them. Don't worry about the things that you can't do. Do the things that you can. That's the important thing. Okay. Listen. Thank you so much for stopping by this week. I really appreciate it. And I want to remind you, things can always be worse. Remember that, my friends. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's people that want to be in your position so bad. They're they're looking up to you. They're looking to get up to where you're at. So things can always be worse. Listen, have a great weekend. I will talk to you the early part of next week. And just keep it in mind. Enjoy this time of year. There's no better time of year than this time of year. Enjoy it. Have fun. Enjoy the people. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your families. Enjoy yourself. Okay? Remember, if you want to get a hold of me, write me at jimmy at famousapple.com. Or if you want to get in touch with something about the podcast, you can write to admin at famousapple.com. You want to get in touch with something about the Website admin at famousapple.com. Write me. Let me know. You you need someone to talk to? Don't be don't feel like you're alone this year. Don't feel like you're alone this season. You want someone to shoot the breeze with? I'm there. We can email back and forth. We can go on to the live chat room on the on the webpage. We can talk in in real time. There's a lot. There's a lot that we can do. This way you don't have to feel like you're alone. Someone's always going to be there for you. You're part of the community here at Annapolis Apple a Day. Okay? So, I will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. And thanks again for stopping by today. This is an Apple a Day you're listening to. And my name is Jimmy Apple. Thanks for listening to an Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple. Your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time. 